I mean, that's the thing is this is setting up in a, to a situation where if there's not an SEC title this year or the year after, it's it going to get real hairy real fast. Yeah. Hey there, this is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 83 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. For the first time in two months, my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me in person. We are together, live and in person. Well, not live because we talk about things that happened in the past, but we recorded this podcast episode in person. And this particular one touches on all sorts of topics. It's February. It's kind of a strange sports month. And we talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Yes, it's now in the past, and I think I can speak for the entire state of Georgia. We're still in shock over that fourth quarter collapse. Will and Tony talk about Georgia basketball and how it's currently in the midst of a terrible stretch of losses and missed opportunities, and their tournament options are all but pretty much fading away. But on a positive note, Georgia football signing day just wrapped up, and Kirby delivered one of the best classes the dogs have signed in years. So it's not all bad news. In fact, it is really good news. Looking forward to Georgia football. In addition, we also speak about MLB baseball, the World Baseball Classic, we even talk about Tiger Woods, so we've got quite an assortment of sports topics to get to today. So say you're making that morning commute in the terrible Atlanta traffic and have an hour to kill, we've got you covered. And this episode begins in the middle of a story that Will is telling, so to catch you up, he's speaking about sitting next to former AJC and current Sports on Earth colleague Terrence Moore in the press box during the Super Bowl. So let's hear what Will has to say as we join his conversation. Here we go. Uh, he's been, uh, he was obviously at uh, he, uh, the Lairitz game. Like he's been covering, he's seen all of these things firsthand. So he kind of called, he didn't call a shot. He didn't say they're going to blow it. But he said, I have seen insane things happen. And we, he did. So that, well, was, that was my experience. Well, that's exactly what I was saying on the Facebook to uh, two different people. I have a former student from the University of Illinois who is a, uh, two, two important things. First off, Rochester, New York, huge Falcons fan. Mm-hmm. And and basically, he kind of came up during the Bills run. He decided he did not want to be a Bills fan. Okay. Um, because Scott Norwood, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah so, right. <laughs> what, the kicker? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, welcome to our pain. Uh, mm. But he also looks exactly like the Patriots defensive coordinator. When I say exactly like him, <laughs> I mean, like, they could be dead. Wait, which one? The Patriots defensive coordinator, the guy Matt with Patricia, yeah. uh, whatever his name is, yeah. uh, with the beard and the hoodie. I mean, right. I assume he practices law in a hoodie. Um, <laughs> so, but also my my friend Matt Fanning in uh, in DC, who's a huge Patriots, he's all he's an all Boston fan, and he was like, "Congratulations, go and order your gear. Trust me, the line's clogging." I was like, "Nope, no, yeah, yeah. no, I'm gonna wait. When it gets, I'll let you know when it feels comfortable." And at the end of the game, I was like, "See," he was like, "I don't even know what to say." I'm like, "Neither do we," other than. We kind of knew this right. was going to happen. Well, I told Will, and by the way, we're we're now recording. So Scott, do something with this uh, recording because we've now started. Anyway, we'll do some kind of. Yes. Are we li- are we doing the whole show live on? We are live on Instagram with three people watching. I think one is my aunt, one is Bernie Dog, and one is some guy that goes by Stormtrooper. <laughs> hey, Stormtrooper, thank you. <laughs> so and, congratulations um, on the passage of uh, Jeff Sessoms to uh, Attorney General Stormtrooper. <laughs> Stormtrooper G whatever. Um, anyway, so as you were talking about the the game, it's uh, it's we're recording this. <laughs> We're recording this on Wednesday. Night, I know, and I, I, I heard you, but you know, <laughs> just move, move on. Kind of move on from I politics. I was trying to pretend we're not living. In it. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, ahead. There we go. I'm making it easier. We're not talking politics. Like, forget about. We're not talking politics. We're talking fascism. Either way, go ahead. 
All right. So I told Will when he walked in, I literally have not turned on ESPN since probably <laughs> Sunday at 1030. And that's probably the longest time I've ever gone without checking <clears throat> the ESPN app or watching any ESPN program. I'm not offended or afraid to watch ESPN. It's the content that they're going to talk about. I just can't handle it. It's been so much better. I, I, yeah, you've missed so much Stephen A. Smith dipshittery. I've, I've missed I've missed Stephen A. Smith. I've missed uh, them talking to Tom Brady and about you know, his jersey. About his jersey being yeah. lost. I did hear that. Insert your own eye roll. Right, right. So, oh my God, what if Bridget Moynihan has it? <laughs> that would be well. She's why, she why has she, other. Uh, why would she watch? She has some of his stuff. Yeah, yeah she does have some of his stuff. That's true. Uh, perhaps uh, <laughs> so not entirely. Yes, that was- but yeah, it's it's been really good. I have had the TV tuned, and I think I tweeted it to HGTV. I'd never watched the channel in my These life. Are dark days, and it's been on <laughs> HGTV uh, since uh, Monday morning because I knew that the Today Show was going to talk about the mm. Super Bowl. I had nothing to watch because I, I guess I just don't watch that much TV. It's just always on, kind of in the background. So I didn't want to see. You know, the off button works, right? Yeah, well, I know. It, you know, that would be a good <laughs> idea, but it, the TV just seems to be on with with kids running around and my wife. But yeah, it's just never been on that station. But but you know, I'm I'm coping. Quite well. I'm proud of myself. So, yeah. do you have a review of uh, Snoop and Martha? Is that on HGTV? I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. We've seen something You're called a like pop culture guy. How do you not know? Does HGTV count as pop culture? Well, it's Snoop and Martha. Snoop Dogg and Martha. I did Stuart. see a. I did see a uh, Super Bowl ad with yeah. those two in. Yeah. By the way, what Can't was remember, y'all's... one of those has been a federal in the federal prisons. One hasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not who you think. <laughs> what was y'all's favorite Super Bowl commercial? I'm obviously going to say 85 lumber because it shows that having it's, basic it's 84 or 84, 84 lumber. It's 84. Uh, uh, basic human decency is somehow a controversial topic these days. So I would argue that that was the best commercial. Yeah, I, I think 84 was. I mean, a lot of commercials went down that. I mean, Coke well, re- I mean, resurrected it's an funny, older be, commercial. It's funny because obviously I was at the game, so I wasn't watching them all live. So I kind of looked back and watched them all later. And it was very strange <clears throat> to have like two years ago – no one would have even thought these commercials were slightly controversial right. in any possible way. Right. And now all of a sudden, like, be kind to people. Don't send people away just for nonsensical reasons. <clears throat> it's somehow a political statement. Now. Right. It's, it's a strange new world. Um, I thought it was interesting. Coke uh, revamped a commercial from a couple of years ago. The Coke? I didn't see a Coke commercial. Uh, very early. Like, first, maybe first commercial break even before the kickoff. Hmm. Well, my, yeah. my favorite commercial was the Mr. Clean commercial. Um, the Mr. Clean commercial made me very uncomfortable. And, uh, <laughs> and I liked um, the one where, what's her name, was saving the whales and saving the trees. Oh, Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, that commercial didn't hit with me. Didn't hit with you? No. I like yeah. I like anything that'll make me laugh yeah. on the commercial. No, and the she... Mr. Clean was really good because I was sitting with a bunch of ladies, and <clears throat> I think they thought it was hilarious, and so in turn I yeah. thought it was hilarious. They, they I don't, don't have... think hilarious is the word you're looking for. <laughs> they don't have their own Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> That's what they have. That's right. Oh, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica, I know, right? Um, okay. Well, I do have one other question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You easily had the best press seats I've ever, one, ever seen you have at the Super Bowl. Right, yeah, usually they're very terrible. And two, that of any of the media tweeters I saw, like almost all of them had, yeah. like were in the corner yeah. or even higher than you, you were... 40-yard line, maybe? Yeah, I would say it was pretty good. Like they're in usually, the regular? And yeah. it, was in the, it was in the regular booth, which is yeah. where I'm not usually. Right. So, I thought that was interesting. Which is fine. And, and usually I volunteer because I don't. I hate press boxes. You run into people there that you, you right. either don't like or have made fun of. And they have the same crappy chicken wings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So 
It was if I was actually out there all day because I, I had to do I, this is what uh, go, ahead, go ahead and discuss boss, it. Right? I, it which I forgot to uh, to say the <laughs> let's be clear uh, line on there. And there I were apologize. so many chances. I was thinking like, oh, yeah. here it comes. I thought yeah. when you were talking about Des Bryant and the Cowboys, you're going to say, "Let's be clear." Yeah, I know there were opportunities. It's my fault, and um, but I was out there. Like, I need to put that over there, please. Yeah, seriously. After I get um, but my uh, so like usually I don't you don't get out there till like one o'clock or two o'clock, mm-hmm. and I was out there at like eleven in the morning. So I was mm-hmm. there all day, and so and how's that stadium? Is it nice? It's nice. I saw the Final Four there uh, last year. It is nice. Houston is a nice city. I have to say, I really like Houston. I vastly prefer it to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think Houston is a very nice city. I agree with that. Uh, anytime you're seeing a city during the Super Bowl, you're seeing the city at its worst. Like because basically, not so much the city itself, but you're not really seeing the city. They have those NFL cities that they put downtown, where basically all it does is drive the locals crazy. Because you can imagine having like all of down. Imagine um, what downtown Athens would be like if there were a <clears throat> Super Bowl hosted there. Oh, yeah, I mean, you mean and, like G Day. Yeah, I mean, I was in Atlanta for yeah. the. Uh, for the St. Louis and uh, Titans. Super oh, yeah, Bowl, yeah. And this right? is all shut down, right? Right, it's crazy. Really, and plus, you, there was ice all over the place, and Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah. don't even, I can't even talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, you were going to ask us a question. I, I was, yeah. I, I, I dodged it for five minutes. So, uh, for the record, just to, to, to put a uh, point on this, I, I feel Houston's a great city. It was a fun, it was a really good place to host the Super Bowl. I generally, as a general rule, the Super Bowl is not one of my favorite events to cover. The game is always fun to cover because it's just, Everything finally shuts up, and there's actually a game. But generally speaking, the Super Bowl is a sports business convention, sure, with a football game at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so most of the week is all the stuff that I don't generally like about sports. It all kind of gets in the way of the actual sports. So I, so I, I did all the work that I had to do, and I went to see a Texas Southern basketball game and a, yeah, that, and a yeah. Rockets game. They have a nice little arena too. Yeah, the, the, you know, it's I, I, it's my first SWAT game. And uh, so that was very fun. I saw that was a much better arena than who Houston's. were they playing? Uh, they were playing Prairie View A and M. Oh, rival. wow! Yeah, rival. rival. Yeah, and um, and I went to a Houston Central Florida game, which was less exciting. Did you go to the Hawks and Rockets? Hawks and Rockets, which was fun. Hawks and, and Rockets. That was that great game. That was a well, great yeah, game. They where, came back. Well, Hardaway went so crazy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it is worth noting, by the way. This is because like, one of the things I found myself finding a lot because obviously it's medium. Most people there are more people from the Boston area than there are from the Atlanta area, media wise, and certainly from the New York area. And they still have this idea that Atlanta has crappy sports, pro sports fans. Like that's the, the, they, it's locked <clears> in their brains. And we, we tune you them saw, out. That's you saw, you saw with Sean's these things. And I will say, and I, and I fought that. Did you see the thing uh, going around where like uh, uh, Patriots fans had put a fake viral, uh, fake viral story that the Falcons fan event had been canceled because no one was coming. I saw that. It was not true. Like they had, a, there were a ton of people there. They were all there, but that's like the type of crap that like they do in Boston. I will say though, it is worth knowing that, that that I would argue, however, that pro sports wise, there's often room for one at a time. Because I was at right. the Hawks game expecting to see like Falcons fans, like that Atlanta is literally playing in Houston the week of the Super Bowl, where Atlanta is playing in Houston. I saw I saw not a single Falcon fan or Hawk fan mm. at any of that game. I saw a ton of Patriots fans, <laughs> but I didn't see any. So I, I think I think that's kind of the thing. Is there's kind of only room. For one, I would be kind of my takeaway from that. I think the Falcons have been obviously very passionately supported. Well, if Georgia that, was playing University of Houston, there'd been a ton. Right, and I think in, in football, like in basketball. basketball. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah, maybe in football. Maybe. Yeah, so I think it, it does bring up an interesting point that there is a level of 
there's there's a level of support for Boston sports fandom, particularly pro sports fandom, that you don't have in Atlanta for the exact reason that we just talked about with with Georgia. Right. I mean, Atlanta, even though even though the pro sports fandom has increased over the past years. Atlanta's fundamentally a college town. Right, right, right. I mean, it just is. Right. And, you know, you even drew that analogy in your, your Sports on Earth article uh, wrap-up, which is great, by the way, oh. right? Um, talking about how this is what we've come to expect. In every single article about, you know, Georgia sports fan, whether it's a Georgia-based uh, author or not, brought up the 2012 yeah. SEC championship game. There's a reason for that. Right, right And that right, is right. that... Um, Atlanta sports fans oftentimes are also Atlanta pro sports fans are oftentimes maybe even primarily fans of right. uh, a college, uh, right. whether that be Georgia, Alabama. God well, it goes. Georgia it Tech, answers Clemson, the question whatever. that Will asked me on the Super Bowl preview. He's like, right. "Okay, level with me here, Scott. Right. What would you right. rather?" And I was like, "You know, I'd rather the the Bulldogs right. win." And something. that wasn't a hard choice yeah. for me. I mean, right. I, I mean, yeah, I think we all could have seen what was going to happen with the Falcons if they didn't score another touchdown, and it did. But I think we all have that same fatalistic view. If Georgia gets in the national championship game and goes up twenty five until it actually happens, oh, yeah, right? No question. Yeah, no, particularly we're all think that. now. Particularly yeah, oh, yeah. everybody's now. gonna be really sensitive yeah. to any lead. But getting back to what you're saying is that you know you don't have. I mean, Boston College football only right, has. Right, right, I mean, right. Jay Monroe's forty seven thousand people, and yeah, it's not yeah, full right. unless they right. they're going ten and two. There's also a hundred colleges in Boston, <laughs> right? There's also a lot of colleges <laughs> right, in Boston. Right, right, right. Um, there's one there for some Ivy League place I can't remember now. So, so I guess here's my question for you guys specifically about this game. Uh, a kind of what you talked about the idea that this <clears throat> this seems to be. Uh, if there's a Mount Rushmore of Georgia, uh, of Georgia and Atlanta sports fan misery, thing, this obviously is on there. Maybe it's George Washington. It's the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. What are the other three? I'm curious. Um, the Layers game. Uh, I, I think it's. I actually think it's the '91 World Series. Yeah. That if if you're going to pick a World Series, I would say yeah. Look, when, the Labor's game. What bad. against the Twins? Against the Twins. Yeah, Jack um, Morris. Yeah, game seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not just Ron what, Gant getting pulled off the bag by. I'm gonna say it's Game Seven. Ron Gant getting pulled off, <laughs> yeah. and also Lonnie Smith getting faked out on a yeah. on a fake play where he should have been a third base and wasn't. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you can't take away the play. I mean, Puckett made an incredible catch right. in deep left center that robbed easily one run and maybe two. Right, in a game that went to 10 innings. So that that's definitely Yeah, that's t- that was a tough one. It's um, on the Mount Rushmore of disappointments. I, you know, I, I have to say probably – I don't know that 2012 is on there, although you know, it feels like it may be. But I would think – You know what I would have to say? I would have to say <laughs> it's kind of – and this is kind of skirting the question, but if you think 2002 was probably one of the best teams that Georgia ever had and losing to Florida that year in 2002 and finishing 13-1 and and second in the country – it just robbed us. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going. I was going to go with an earlier than that. I was going to go with the. Um, I was going to go with the Sugar Bowl against Pitt, where oh, okay. where we had the game in control, and then then Dan Marino finally got a championship when he yeah. was twenty years old, and um, that was throwing shade at Dan Marino. By <laughs> yes, yes. Um, just to be clear, I want to make sure everybody understands that. Um, you know, if I had to say, that's probably on there. You know, another one, College World Series against Fresno State for the for Georgia baseball. 
Maybe, but that, that was a really good. I, I thought about that. That was a really good College World Series. I mean, Fresno State was because Georgia's up one one game to nothing. Yeah, and yeah. Then they came back. Yeah, and but won Fresno Bush. State was they when I mean, there's some like yeah. like thirty eight and four on the season. Um, the Celtics Hawks series. Is I think certainly one I, of them. I really think that's got to be up there just because the problem, of course, with the reason that Dominique Wilkins. By the way, I'd like to know. Have you guys noticed that at the basketball games now there is a video before the games of yeah. Dominique Wilkins getting the fans pumped up? It's starting to come around. I know we're not getting the stats. You, but they're finally realizing we have. I think it's once he got the college basketball, the college uh, basketball hall of fame. I think that pushed them over to right. to do that. But I think that's great. He now has a pump up video, well, and that's a great idea. Well, speaking of basketball, I got you got to throw in the ninety six or seven Sweet Sixteen game against Syracuse, where Georgia was up. What was it, John Wallace? Seven eight. That sounds right. Seven eight points. It was Tubby's best team. Yeah. Um, you know, the finish second. That's, I remember exactly where it was. Right, right. I mean, that was. Uh, I want to say it was. Sick. I, I could. We could set. Uh, let's put Todd and research on it. But um, <laughs> yeah. so ninety seven, ninety seven, uh, sweet sixteen against yeah. Syracuse. Uh, a game that the game was in hand and in. Wasn't quite as bad as the Super Bowl, yeah. but it was close. But John Wallace hit like a half court shot, yeah. basically. Right, it was in overtime. My yeah. case, my case for my, and again, obviously, I wasn't here at the so, time. So yes, we are fatalistic. Yeah, but and, and my my case for the Wilkins thing is that. The reason that Wilkins is never considered like all he needed to do was beat the Celtics or the Bulls once, right? And they never did. And they had that opportunity, and they blew the lead. They blew the lead in a similar fashion that they blew this one, like not as bad, but a similar kind of thing. Still, I think 2012's got to be on there. I think 2012's got to be on yeah, there. Yeah, that feels if, right. If just because not only is the way that it loses, but it's Alabama, and then I mean, is there a person on earth that doesn't? That that doubts that Georgia stomps Notre Dame in that chance. Like right. that was a paper tiger Notre Dame team yeah. that I think Georgia would have crushed. Yeah. And I think that that is that that's the thing that holds you. Back. Well, maybe there's hope because Clemson lost a, a tough one last year to Alabama and they came back and you know got it this year. I mean, I don't I don't think I'm not gonna. Here's the thing: the thing that I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna give up on the Falcons. I'm not gonna give up on the Braves. The Hawks, it's going to be a couple years, but uh, and I'm, but I'm not going to give up on Georgia 2017 football season. Yeah. You know, it's it's oh the Chiefs in '80. What I don't know. <laughs> Do you think there's any validity to my to my argument that the the good side of this yes. is that the team that breaks through is now is now uh, yes I, I mean, liked what you put it made me yes, feel better yeah. when it, you said that yeah, yeah and the argument is just to be clear to be clear uh, is that now I say it now you say uh, it. is. That the good, the upside of this, as I said in the short podcast, is the team that ends the misery now. It can be Georgia, and I would argue nothing against the Falcons. I think would be second on this list. I would argue the team with the most likely chance to do that moving uh, moving forward is Georgia. Not because the Falcons are going to be bad anytime soon. It's just harder. To, it's just no the structure of the NFL. Yeah, it's super hard, and also the window will close much quicker. Right. The window will close much quicker on the Falcons than it will on Jordan. Like, oh, the, God, like, please don't let it be the twenty Braves. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, the Falcons oh. have like maybe one, maybe two more years. Right. Maybe, maybe. Like, look at the Panthers last year; they fell off a cliff. Look at the Cardinals last year; they fell off a cliff. So these things can end quickly. Whereas Georgia, whatever Georgia is not falling off a cliff the way the NFL teams fall off a cliff all the time. No, I agree with that. I agree with that, and I think that uh, you were right. I mean, and I hopefully the people that did listen to our podcast. Felt the way I did about it. I'm like, yeah, Will's bringing home a point yeah. here because it would be so much better. And that kind of takes us into 
Maybe we can talk about uh, Tony. Do you have any updates on signing day? Kind of, we did. Well, it's funny. I was about three. to say that sounds like a good yeah, segue. Like, yeah, segue. We're getting used to this kind of. Hey, we're sports talk radio. It's our eighty-third episode. Idiots. We're kind of used to this. Um, Though I think if we were really good at, it, we would actually not say. Here comes our segue. Well, actually, we're really, really good at. We say after this break, we will talk about <laughs> after Georgia sponsor, signing day. Yeah. After, hey, Tom, uh, you're on line four. Hit me. <laughs> Tom, what do you got? So, um, Tom for Gwinnett. So, signing day. I, you know, my approach on signing day, I think there's any doubt. I mean, yeah, it's easy to say because the narrative was Georgia could have been first. Mm-hmm. And, and we perpetuated that a week yeah, ago. Yeah. But uh, the fact that we had the third best signing class in the nation, uh, we signed as many four and five stars as the rest of the SECs combined in more than any t- team in the SEC that's not Alabama, or for that matter, any team in the nation that's not Alabama. Um, we addressed some some needs, uh, immediate needs, uh, offensive line. Um, I think that was the most offensive lineman that signed, yeah. even since before Rick got here. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and, clear what the focus was. <laughs> yeah, the focus offensive line and D-backs, right? Yes. Um, and it's not to say that D-backs are bad, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. It's just that Kirby has a particular type of D-back he likes. Malcolm he Paris is not big, a big, fast, physical yeah, and, and, and big being at least six six one six or, six two. Yeah, yeah. and the, and he pointed out, and, and I read part of his mm-hmm. uh, postscript. He got some cornerbacks that were like ten three hundred meter guys, ten yeah. four hundred meter guys. Yeah, no, I mean that's you know. So when you look at signing day, um, the the Aubrey Solomon thing is a neat little a neat little coda to it. Um, hand, hand is raised. Did that have anything, not getting Aubrey Solomon, have anything to do with Tracy Rocker not being I don't know. You know, if you read, if you read the message boards, it does. If you listen to the quotes from Aubrey Solomon's mom, it doesn't. So I, okay. what I think, what I think honestly what happened. What does she know? Listen yeah, to well, yeah, message right. Guys. Right. So uh, message boards, guys. Uh, so, you know, my, my thought is, is that probably what happened is Solomon wasn't, Solomon's mom was not sold on on any program at Michigan. Period. Mm-hmm. And full stop. Solomon was got excited about potentially playing with guys he met at the Army All American game, and that's where the Georgia bubbling to the top. I mean, for what of course she said that he, I mean, Georgia finished second. So, but let's put aside. Let's talk about the guys that actually came here instead of guys that are going to sure, play for Jim sure. Harbaugh and travel to Paris and Europe and actual satellites. Yeah, I keep forgetting they're doing that. Um, so you know, I think the interesting part about this class is that. It addresses needs in a way that, frankly, Mark Rick's class failed to do for a long time. And we, and we, the, th- the funny part is the 13 class was the one class that addressed, need, addressed needs at the time. And nobody stayed. <laughs> and that class ended up being his undoing, frankly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the interesting, the other interesting part about it is that there are four or five guys out of that class that will – Maybe maybe start. I, I mean, I think Hayes on the offensive line absolutely will start. I think Wilson, the guy oh, yeah. out of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. he's going to start Brooklyn. on the offensive line, um, which is really unusual to see. Now Hayes is a he's a junior college JUCO guy, but um, Hayes, uh, I mean Wilson is of course a true freshman. I'm, I actually like uh, LeCount or uh, is it Bishop? Um, Trey Bishop. Yeah, I like one of those two guys starting. Uh, he is your. Kind of your star or your kind of the Mari Smith role, right? That's exactly right. Um, and and where, where does uh, like Hardeman fit in from last year? And I mean, is he is he a true cornerback? Because I did hear that he could be flopped to offense, maybe, can, and utilize his speed. But well, I, you know, I think the hard part about it is that they, I think they feel like they have a pretty good rotation uh, in the wide receivers with um, between Wims, Godwin, uh, Chigbu, Ridley, and. Um, and Simmons, right? And then you got Holloman coming in. 
Right. And there's like two or three other. I mean, Holloman's really the guy. If if there's one guy that's going to end up getting uh, significant looks or at least opportunity will be Holloman on the offensive side or the receiver side. I mean, is there a possibility? We'll see. Mark Webb. Um, Well, I was thinking DeAndre uh, Swift and and running back. But that's. Yeah, you have to think that guy's going to get a red shirt. And and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, you have – we have two of the top – It's hard to imagine four. he would come to school here and be stunned by a red shirt when he knows what's winning here. Right. What's no, and that's right. – and that's if, if you were to look at why Georgia – if anybody is going to be positive about Georgia in 2017 is is those two guys returning. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and that and, – and then and the quarterback. So yeah, – Because um, if Sony and Nick had left, it would be – Holyfield, Harrion, and DeAndre Swift. Right. And probably right. Tony Carter. And we, and we would have Tony Carter and maybe that – what's the other running back that, that we really didn't – we sniffed at we didn't really get a look. I don't remember who that was. So uh, Tony Atkins. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it sounds right. So, <laughs> you know, defensive in the, in the linebacking core, I think McBride stands the opportunity of, of playing early. I mean, he's prototypical. He's got to put on some – he needs to put some meat on his bones. And he looks like but he looks like a linebacker. He looks like a linebacker. Yeah. The interesting thing to me, and we can talk about the we can talk about the quarterbacks and the kickers. Uh, the interesting to me is kind of the approach on the number of um, a preferred walk-ons. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid out of Pierce County, Stetson Bennett, uh, who is just, like basically everybody says he's he's Aaron Murray, six you know mm-hmm. six feet tall, soaking wet. Is you know, but just do you have any inside info? I, the only thing I know about him Pierce is, County? I mean, I, I mean, I know his family, but um, you know, I don't. My, I know my dad's really high on him. The one thing that everybody, everybody says is that there is a possibility that he, Tony's from Pierce County. For those of y'all don't know, I am from Pierce County. Uh, the one thing that uh, that I hear about him is he has, um, he's athletic enough to move out to like a split end. Role and he, I don't think he's quite tall enough, but that's just me. Um, but you know, or um, or even on the defensive side of the ball, uh, some and then kicker. It's notable that uh, Rodrigo Blankenship did not end up with a scholarship. It's also notable that we ended up with a kid out of Wofford who's taking a blue shirt, which both is a message to Blankenship's family, in my opinion. When I say his family, I mean his dad, right. and also um, the thought that. Regardless of where who you are, and I don't even think I mean I think it's safe to say that Jacob Eason has a leg up on Jake Fromm, right? But but I don't right. think he spots really set other than running back. Maybe maybe tight end, uh, and but I think you can shuffle some of those guys in. We didn't, I don't think we even signed a tight end this year. But if we did, he's that that whoever that is, is not going to crack the four deep. Um, but. Other than that, I think every position, other than maybe Trent Thompson on the defensive side and do you think Malcolm from, Parrish's. Do you think Fromm is instantly the back, uh, the, the, the two spot? I think that's a good question. And the hard part about that question is, is that if you were to get Kirby Smart at a party and not on the record, I think he would say, we want to rush that guy. You have to oh, be, I think, you I'm have sure to think that. Wants. I'm sure that's right? what he wants. The interesting thing would be what happens, how the, one, how the season's going. Yeah. And frankly, what Bryce Ramsey does, yeah. I mean, there's no guarantee that Bryce Ramsey sticks around. He right. graduates in May. I mean, he legitimately could go play somewhere next fall. I mean, that could happen. I'm sure the preference is to redshirt him, but but there's a reason he's that's right. right. Look, if we get to if we get to November and we're nine and one, and Fromm has shown more than Ramsey and Easton gets hurt, we pull the shirt off. I agree. Right? I agree. If we are if we have another season like this year where we're okay, but we struggle at times. And, you know, we're, we go into, you know, we hit 
mid-October and we're three and four or, you know, even yeah. even exactly. five and two, yeah. we see Bryce Ramsey. Right, What's right, the right, point right. at that point? Now, I, I think what we have to be careful of is um, trying to read the tea leaves too much. And, and I mean, this can become a parlor game. Um, you, w- One of the things that I, I, I would like to see out of Kirby Smart, frankly, mm-hmm. and this is this is this can get in, and we'll probably talk about this a lot once we get in the summer. Is what's his progression as a coach? Uh, there was a learning curve and some growing pains this year. Um, I would like to think he has a much uh, better sense of what he wants out of his team, and and have a better idea of what he's going to do in both game situation and coaching situations. And, and, and I think that extends to the offensive coordinator. It does. That does extend to the offensive coordinator. You know, let me make the personal plea. There are a couple of former head coaches that are potentially available to hire as analysts that would actually do a really good job in helping Kirby figure some of these mm-hmm, things out. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Mark Helfrich and Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. for example. Um, now I know people are going to at me and that's fine. I don't, I'm not trying to replace Jim Chaney at all. Um, frankly, that's, that's just, that's not my, that's not even kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Kirby still needs a former head coach. To the, tell the, him Sarke- that, the Sarkeesian spot. The Sarkeesian spot, right. To yeah. think about things that, uh, he hasn't. He right. can't think about and hasn't had the time to think about right. to keep an eye on those things. And be Helfrich makes a lot of sense. Helfrich does because that's his jam, yeah. right? He is an X's and O's guy. He is right. a he is Mister Organized. I assume he has a day timer for his day timer. Yeah. Uh, and he's not. And he's not going to have a Kelly ego. He's, he's not going to have like, a Kelly right, ego. Right. Do you think Oregon wishes they hadn't fired Helfrich after all the craziness has gone up over, up there uh, with their new coaching yeah, look, staff? Look, you get a couple DUIs and you send some guys <laughs> to the hospital. I mean, oh, by the way, what can, price progress? Can we talk about just a side? thing really quick can we talk about the idea that mike loxley might be the full-time office of oh my god oh my god Alabama. oh my god i hope he punches somebody the first yeah, week yeah oh. so so inform somebody about what happened with sark okay so okay yeah right. and then, then get into loxley yeah well the short the very short version is of course steve sarkeesian was the offensive coordinator of the national championship game and then and for what it's worth did fine did I don't fine th- yeah, like, no it was yeah, not I his agree, fault right it's not his fault that clemson's offense ran 98 plays. right right, right. Um, and that last drive, at, at that last Alabama drive goes. was the most amazing. Like right. that last Alabama right. drive was just no. That was a Vince Young. We just dominated. Right, right. <laughs> right. So Starkeesian became the offensive coordinator. There, there were bubbles of rumors that all was not happy in Tuscaloosa, which makes sense because I think Saban is not happy unless he's unhappy. And then. Shanahan goes becomes the offensive. I'm sorry, uh, head coach in and and little known fact, he took the job in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. Right, there's just a rumor. We're we're putting again, Todd Todd get on that. And if you guys um, want, by the way, I will make a spirited defense of Kyle Shanahan in that last quarter. No, I will make that. It's defense. not his fault. Yeah. Well, it is his fault we didn't run the football. But, yeah, but that holds not his fault. That holds not. His that hold is not his fault. So. Sark becomes uh, offensive coordinator for the Falcons, and this this not just rumor, basically both sides saying this wasn't going to work out anyway. Uh, it's not it's not you as me, or it's not you as me as you. And now Mike's lock, Mike Loxley, who's the former Illinois coach, the New Mexico coach. I mean, legitimately, the last job he was good at was <laughs> Illinois offense coordinator. Under right, Zook. right. That's under the Zook. last job he was good because he got that job. He was a really good who was his quarterback. Uh, his, uh, that that was of the time of uh, Juice Williams. That's Aaron Juice Williams. Yeah, that was Juice Williams, and of course, but the, what the thing that Loxley was really known for was recruiting, right? Specifically, the 
kind of recruiting that made Charlie Weiss go to the New York Times and say, why is Illinois suddenly getting a lot of good recruits around yeah. here? Oh, no, yeah. No, he is great and, at finding girlfriends and mama's jobs. <laughs> so he got a really nice bin. I think that was, that was the big, the, right. the big, who caught a touchdown this year, by the way, in the NFL. Regis that doesn't ben. sound like a real thing. It's, it's absolutely true. Uh, but anyway, so like he won this incredible recruiting class. Yeah, he got Mendenhall there too, Yeah, right? he did like, and Mendenhall was a champagne guy, so it wasn't that hard. Yeah, it wasn't hard. But certainly he... Like that was where he made his name. So then he goes to New Mexico to get from the Ron from the vaunted Ron Zook coaching tree. He goes to get a full time job at New Mexico, and everything falls apart. I think he I mean was, he punched a player or something. He punched right? a player. There was a DUI in his son's car that was that may have been a player with him. He went. I think he won two games in three years. It was a nightmare in. Every possible way, he was fired. They they didn't even like you know how Kiffin got fired. They they stopped the bus and let him out. They did not even stop the bus for Loxley. They were like out out get out of here. And now he may very well be the offensive coordinator for Alabama next year. By the way, you said Kiffin. Did y'all see his video? Yes, this hostage video. <laughs> you, you know it's off the site. They've taken it down. Really? They've taken. I, mean, it I thought down. that was intentional. It was, I, it was so bad. It was awesome. It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah he, no, I've seen zoo animals look more enthused. Yeah, he was in a tough spot. <laughs> yeah. So, but the Loxley thing is... Uh, yeah, I know it's a side thing. I know we're, well, No, it's interesting, though. It's a really weird yeah. subtext. Well, and, and we also mentioned how Tracy Rocker's out as the D-line right. coach, and, the, and it was just announced that Trey Scott, who was at UNC last year, had taken a gig at Ole Miss and is now coming here. Look, there are a lot of rats jumping off that ship. Yeah. They lost another... Ole Miss lost another... What did they finish... Like in recruiting? Uh, in the 30s, maybe 30th. Really? Uh, so they lost another guy they hired this year when Grantham went to Mississippi State. Uh, but speaking of, Mississippi State's going to be here and Todd Grantham's going to be the mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just do with that what you want. Hopefully we have that, some time. Hopefully that game will kick off afternoon or maybe yeah, 3.30. Or 3.30. Yeah. So, but they lost another coach to Mississippi State, which is huge. Uh, and there's another coach that had just recently taken a job at that at Mississippi. So wow, but this guy, I mean, he he, he seems pretty good. I watched a video yeah, he, of him coaching. He, he's able to coach him up. I think his his biggest thing is recruiting. Uh, Again, it's recruiting, and that was the knock on Rocker all along. Is his recruiting? I uh, I don't think in my mind maybe a sign of Pittman. He was probably the best X's and O's coach, uh, teaching coach we had on staff. But he is an incredible recruiter. Uh, he, I mean, Rocker was not a great recruiter, but this 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 new guy is right. So. Right. Well, he's young thirties. They say yeah. they, they yeah. were saying in the article that he can relate. Well, obviously yeah. you could. And look, Rocker yeah. Rocker is only a year or two from retiring. It wouldn't surprise sure. me in the least if he doesn't even coach uh, at least until his son. His son has uh, plays at North Dakota High School in baseball. And if he doesn't get drafted in the top what three or four rounds, what's guaranteed rounds four or five, right? right? right. Um, so he he's probably going to play at Vandy. Um, Wow, which so, which could could we we could actually I mean, talk when you about you say Vandy and baseball. We could talk about Georgia baseball now if you wanted to, but that well, doesn't I'd, seem right. I like to close one thing uh, on recruiting. Yeah, third, uh, you touched on this briefly, but third in the country is great. Obviously, to me, more to the point, it was just so much better than everybody else in the SEC East. Like, yeah. such, right, no, no, and that's, Florida was that's, in the twenties. Yeah, like that's the big takeaway. Like, listen, we can be like, oh, it'd be great to be Alabama and whatever. This is the second. This is the, the his first full year, his first full class. But to essentially lap 
the SEC East. Yeah. And to see what's kind of being set for next year, my colleague Matt Brown yeah. at Sports North wrote a really smart piece saying it <clears throat> is so set up for Georgia in the SEC East next year. Like, like even you're talking they're not talking recruiting, you're talking actual football. Actual like on football the next year. And then before we even get into recruiting, like th- that's that's less about what George is doing next year and more about how the SEC East, which has had this reputation obviously it's still I, falling apart. It seems to still be falling apart. And the idea, and listen, this is what happens: is Florida's now won it two straight years with teams that nobody that that play, teams that play Iowa in their bowl game. Like you know, this is this is regardless of however exciting we have, this is going to be another level of expectation now, not just for the recruiting class, but the idea of it's not like we can say, well, he's facing this and he's facing this and he's facing this. Everything is kind of set up right now. Not just, also with the schedule next year too. Like there's a little bit, it's a little bit road heavy. But certainly you don't get an Alabama at home, for example. Like, well, you get a Notre Dame that's four and eight. Yeah. this year, <laughs> yeah. right? You get Mississippi State coming here to Athens, right? Mississippi State's probably still in a little bit of a rebuilding phase. Right. So um, to me, that's the thing: is this is setting up in a, to a situation where if there's not an SEC title this year or the year after. It's it could gonna, get ugly. It's going to get real hairy real fast. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. True. Because you ask yourself, who represents the East next year? Is it Muschamp? You probably think no. It's not Missouri. Butch Jones and their five star of hearts, life yeah, hearts, hearts, whatever that he's wanting. Kentucky's not going to do it. Vanderbilt, I love that you I mean, bastardized that any better way than I could have written down. This is amazing. <laughs> As a side note. Phil Fulmer is going to be their next AD. That's not official. <laughs> but would, I'm, would, I'm, pro- would I'm Butch prophesying. Jones survive that. There is a level of amazingness of Phil Fulmer getting hired and firing Bush Jones, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that does tie up. It some almost be like a Scarface kind of. Uh, yeah, say hello, my little friend. There you go. Um, except for it would be with a thick accent. <laughs> so, uh, a, a, different, Ita- a, different, a different Italian thick doing a Puerto Rican accent. Yeah, yes. there you go. This, I can't even think about that either. Um, so, the interesting thing is, Georgia and Kentucky return more production yeah. than any other two teams in the SEC. So, if, and that's Kentucky with losing Boom Williams. So, it's not hard to see Georgia and Kentucky being. Are you about to say what I think you're about to say? The, the kind of the top couple of teams. The, the game that determines the East? No, well, no, I wouldn't East? say the game that determines the East, but, you know, if you're looking for, look, if you are predisposed to buy into the Kirby, ha, 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 ex Saban assistant, ha, 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 narrative, um, there's going to be some people pick Kentucky to win the East because of that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling that now. So you're calling that now? I'm calling because it now. Because nobody February. ever does that. Right. No, I'm calling it now because there are people who... So you think Kentucky's going to get some votes for winning the East? 100% Yes. Absolutely, because they they uh, don't put that back over here. Um, Scott just put some uh, some Tony crack in front of me, yeah. some sort of delicious nut mix with uh, it's from chocolate Sam's. with right, chocolate covered stuff. Right at the checkout line, right at the checkout line. So, um, yeah, but that's probably enough about recruiting for for Last, now. One final trip because this will serve as my Illinois second. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, Illinois had a pretty good recruiting class this year for Illinois. What were, were they ranked? Thirty seventh in the country, which is wow. pretty good. That makes them ninth in the Big Ten, but whatever. That's thirty seventh in the country, almost as high as Ole Miss. Give me the one SEC team that finished below Illinois in recruiting. Missouri. It's not Vanderbilt. It's not Vanderbilt. It's Missouri. Yeah, that would be my guess. Missouri. What's the coach's name there? What is that guy's name? Something yeah. Barry Davis yeah. or something Barry like that. Yeah. yeah, Barry Adam. Barry Adam, that's yeah. right. So, yes. All right, so we've talked about the Super Bowl. We've talked about recruiting. Will you touch I'm, – I'm literally saying like two minutes because uh-huh. everybody's jumping off this, the dog's downward spiral in basketball. Yeah, I think 
they're in danger. Clearly, what the, the loss that, that really killed them, the Texas A&M thing, obviously, was a horrible thing. We've discussed that briefly. But that led to a hangover that led to the crushing against Alabama at home, which that the problem with that game is they went right into the, tough, the teeth of their schedule. And listen, they, they I, I would say that happened the weekend before against Florida. But yeah, well, like if you take a step back from it, and this is why um, uh, Seth Emerson, who we discussed briefly earlier, wrote a great piece mm-hmm. about what is to be expected of Georgia basketball, what should be expected, talking not to Georgia fans, mm-hmm. but to national writers and other coaches, and what is to be expected. And they, to a man, all said, a, a team with Georgia. We all want to be like, they've got Atlanta. They should be able to get those guys. But, like, Kentucky's getting those guys. They're like, all the top guys are, like, they're not going to Georgia. They're not right. going to Georgia Tech. They are going elsewhere. This is a problem that Illinois has with Chicago, frankly. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to say that a, t- a Georgia team would almost win, at, would take Florida to overtime on the road, would take Kentucky to overtime on the road, would take South Carolina on the road. And, like, sure, this has been a very frustrating season because there's clearly talent. You're losing Frazier after this year. I don't, I don't know how that team is going to score next year, to be entirely honest. But this is this, I think this is a good team that has just not been able to get that big win that they needed. And I think it started to snowball on them a little bit. You saw it against Florida. Florida is peaking right now. Florida looked terrific. Oh, they housed Kentucky this week. Yeah, they looked fantastic against Georgia last night or uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, and they looked fantastic in that game. Georgia got a, a couple good runs. I didn't think Georgia even played that badly, but Florida is just really good right now, and that's the problem. Is you are they all those teams that were starting to peak at the right at that time? Georgia ran into them all at once. They've still got a tough game at Tennessee this weekend. After that, it eases up. But this is not a tournament team this year. There's been a I think thought. it's NIT. Well, the NIT is tough to get. It's tougher to get to than it used to. Right. Be. It is tougher. So right now it's not in the NIT team. Right now it's not. I think that they're going to be able to put some wins on the board at the end of the season. Maybe and maybe uh, get get close to that level. But right now it's not. And the argument, <clears> though, <throat> the thing that I thought was really good about this, that Emerson piece, when Fox got those that got those technicals and got ejected. As I wrote in my Sports on Earth piece, it started to feel like things were spiraling out of control a little bit. And that's what get guys, gets guys fired. It's not not quite making the tournament. It's when the players have bailed on you and you're doomed. That's not what's happened. Like, they played really tough against Kentucky. They played really tough at South Carolina. They played really tough against Florida. I think it's going to be enough to save Fox's job. I do, mm-hmm. Barring a... Total collapse. Yeah, losing, going 0-7 in your last... Right, like, like, yeah, SEC. or like 2-5. and five, Or like, yeah, like really falling apart. That would put him in a spot. But listen, they clearly do not want to fire him. I know people are, a lot of people don't like Fox. They think Georgia should be higher than they are. Clear, the, they do not want to fire him. It will require that sort of collapse. And I don't think that collapse is going to happen. I think he'll be back next year. I, I think the interesting part about... And I wrote um, about Seth's article at Georgia Sports Blog. You still was, do that? A block is still a thing? I do. I still I still write there occasionally when something strikes me. But the one – I thought it was a great article, one. The, the one thing I disagreed with him about or the assessment of – maybe it's – I wasn't – I don't remember who it was. Um, um, but the one assessment was you know two out of every four years at NCAA term. I disagree with that. Yeah. I think it should be two out of three years. And the reason is – That's like, tough. That's tough. No, I don't disagree. I thought I, you were going to talk. About, I didn't like the part about the fans. I didn't think that part was. I thought that part was a little unfair. And 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 that's where I was going. It's like yeah, it's sorry, unfair sorry. to say the fans. I, I think the fans are good, and 
especially when they're where they're playing well. Yeah. Um, I mean, South Carolina <clears throat> is a tournament team this year, right? And that no, there was no, they, and nobody's well, there. That's South Carolina for you. Yeah, but that's but, the point, though, is that like Georgia, <laughs> even at a time where we're, people are frustrated with the team, they're still getting out there and going. Look, to it's games. unreasonable to think we're going to be at least in the short term. Um, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, uh, Louisville, Syracuse, whatever. I know we're going longer than you want on this, Scott. SEC schools that should be better than Georgia in basketball, all things being equal. Kentucky Kentucky and Florida. Kentucky and Florida. That's it. You can make an argument for Tennessee. No. You can make an argument for Tennessee. No. I I would make the argument for Arkansas long term. Yeah. 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 Arkansas. But this is where I was going with this is that until 2099, until 99. Florida had been to two NCAA tournaments, yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of those was vacated by you know Norm Sloan. Right, right. I mean, they they struck gold with with uh, Billy Donovan, right? But you know, it it is not unreasonable to think that Georgia could be. It might be unreasonable to think Georgia could be could replicate what Florida did because the level at which recruiting has become institutionalized, particularly with the programs that are one and done programs, yeah. right? Because that's where that's where Georgia gets hurt the most is that one and done players and players that think they should be one and done players don't come to Georgia. And I think the thing that's hurting Georgia now, and, we should, and then well, I promise I will move on, is the success that Avery Johnson is having in Alabama. <clears throat> that team looks. Good and it looks like they passed Georgia. Well, they looked fun. Yeah, they, and Georgia, and that's that. Look, is, yeah, you're right. That is a little bit different, but that but that's going to be appealing to people. And that is the biggest complaint you hear about Mark Fox. Mark Fox, Mark Fox, basically is is Tony Bennett at Virginia, but without some of the charisma, yeah. and without the recruiting. Right. right. I mean, he a perfect Mark Fox game is a 64 to 58 blowout. Right, a game that never really was, right. really never was in jeopardy, but never got beyond eight points. Yeah. And and that's frankly, that's if you go back and look at what he did. I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's his that's his philosophy, and that's the offensive coaches. I mean, his offense is predicated on moving the ball around, taking at least seventeen seconds before you look for a shot, and when you do that, you limit possessions, you limit. But you want to maximize points per possession, points per possession, and but you limit fun. Like you you, you limit do like, limit yeah. fun, and I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I'm I really don't. Like Crump. Crump is a great example. Of right. No, that's a great. If he point. goes to Alabama or Arkansas, he's like shooting like crazy, and he's already loves he's already averaging class. sixteen points a game because because he's taking he's taking twenty five shots a game. And on Fox, he doesn't play good enough defense, so he's not getting in the game. Right. And I think that is. I think why people. While I I like Fox a lot, I understand that criticism. Right, and I, you know, I don't even, I, I'm not even saying it's criticism. I think it's just a misunderstanding of the fan base of what he's trying to do, which is fine when you get wins. Well, there is also an element of his contract um, about why we probably won't get rid of Fox. Right, he's right. he's only in second year of year five. I mean, his buyout in May is two thousand two million dollars, which in in the grand scheme of things is a drop in the bucket. But why pay it if you don't have to? Why pay if you don't have to? Right. I mean, right. you could you could legitimately wait until let's see what happens next year. Um, and Last year, I mean, if you don't make the tournament next year, if you're if you even fall back a little bit next year, yeah, you're forced into it. Yeah. I don't. But the thing is, is I think the way you evaluate that is that if you don't make the tournament next year, you're not really shopping in a in a much nicer store for a coach than you are this year. Yeah, but you could be in a situation where Fox makes the tournament, goes on a couple of tournament runs, and um, and you basically reinvigorates the program. 
Um, you you change the whole narrative of what Georgia basketball is over the last 10 years. This is a little bit of the last thing on this is a little bit of the Illinois problem. Illinois really wants to fire, they everyone wants to Illinois fire their coach. Yeah. But the names out there are just, there's no, there's no Shaka Smart out there. Mm-hmm. Like there just aren't, isn't. Mm-hmm. So not that Illinois or Georgia would get Shaka Smart, but the point is like, they, there's not this influx of great coaches that are coming right now. They're right. saying a little bit of a dry spell. Right. White, Underwood, Shaka, they're all, right. they're all their programs. Right. Like, like Greg Marshall's not leaving. No. Not leaving Wichita State. Like no Alabama couldn't get away for almost $3 million. Exactly. So to me, if you're not going to get that kind of big dude, why do a buyout when you're not going to get something better? If you look at the schedule, there's opportunity for Georgia to still make the NCAA tournament, and certainly in IT. After Tennessee, the schedule lightens up. Mm. They should play in the SEC tournament against at least two games that will be against teams they whipped, uh, probably you know Mississippi and Missouri type games. You finish out these last six games at four and two and get two more wins. I think you're an NIT team. You go into Sunday, you have a shot at sniffing the NCAA tournament. If you get into Sunday, yeah. And and listen, if one of those four wins is Kentucky, that changes the whole equation. Too. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. It's eight weeks to the Masters, nine weeks to Easter, and it's 10 weeks to G-Day. Yeah, man. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, April 22nd will be G-Day this year. I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, I don't think you're going to – you think there'll be 93,000 there this year? I hope there's 93,000 App State. I'm that's, staying on that. I'm staying on I, that. I like, I like your narrative with that. So they uh, – I, I was looking at some – I saw some press release, and they were <laughs> stressing the fact that – it's not on Masters weekend because they <laughs> they understand that, and it's not on Easter because we're in the South and we're not going to do it on Easter either. So it's going to be kind of late this year. I mean, that's almost May to end spring practice. So um, mm-hmm. you know the guys are already here; they're already working out. If y'all don't follow Hunker Down underscore UGA on Instagram, they post some amazing uh, one minute videos uh, that are done up at the at the new practice facility of them kind of already going through the steps with Coach Sinclair. Um, they're really done well. They're very entertaining. Y'all should go follow them. Um, I don't think they've actually put out a spring practice schedule yet. No, well, I, we haven't, have I haven't. I haven't seen. Well, if you think about, they get like what eighteen practices or something. Yeah, so if you're if your spring game's the twenty second and you're going to practice probably five times leading up to it, it might not start till the end of March. Right. Which typically a lot of schools will start at the end of this month. Yeah. For spring a, practice. Yeah, I'm gonna say a day is like yeah. April. <laughs> Backwards from 12. Oh, I think Illinois uh, is done the first week of April. Yeah, still snowing yeah. there. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, just a reminder that spring practice will be here. We'll, we'll start talking a little bit more about that as we start getting reports mm-hmm. from spring practice. But, you know, they're they're kind of revamp, revamping the, the coaching staff with uh, Coach Rocker being out and, um, you know, with the new <clears throat> early enrollees. And so, you know, position battles will be really kind of up for grabs because I kind of believe what – Y'all were saying that nobody's position is going to be safe because yeah. Kirby has shown in his short time here that he's in it to win it, which is which that gives me confidence. I mean, down it's the road. here, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It's, there's not going to be any patty cake stuff like yeah. when with the Mark Rick did. You know, like hey, he's been there a while; he gets a chance. Right. They're going to be out of there if they don't yeah. perform. As my friend uh, Paul Westerdahl like to say, "Fair Bryant." So, hey, but we're going on the road, aren't we? We will be on the road. Are you sure you want to mention that? Since you called a guy out like you were uh, Ric Flair last week. Who was it was calling somebody out? The, who, who did I call that? Oh, I'm sorry. Are we going to talk about things that happened in the past now? Yeah, see? Okay. We're going to talk about things that happened in the past. Yeah, Will, Will said, come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. So we are going to tailgate. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right? On the 20th. February 20th. February 20th. Five o'clock? Sure. Ish. We'll talk to Chantel. 
Chantel. Yeah. Okay. To we, be uh, very clear, by the way, if if a bro does come at me, I, 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 there will just be tears and weeping. Will's Will's the guy with the Will's Will's the guy with the gray hair and the the beard. Yes. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm the one with the southern accent. <laughs> we're gonna be at the tailgate Georgia store that we were at um, earlier in like November or December yeah. last year when we were doing a preview for the TCU bowl game. So I got a uh, hoodie from there for uh, for Christmas. They do have wearing, some uh, socks. I thought I'd wear the socks I bought there. They've got some amazing um, gear, if you if you will. I mean, it's like retro. If you're if you're into retro, yeah. And they didn't even pay us to say this, but if you're into retro gear, I mean, it's the place to go because. Right. There's only so many of those like Nike new logos that you can stand to have in your closet. They've got a Rose Bowl shirt. That's my thing. They do. I love they have a 1943 Rose Bowl shirt. Rose Bowl I love shirt. that Rose Bowl shirt. So Scott, lay us out kind of what our schedule is going to be. Uh, at least it's because we do have some things set between now and April 22nd. Yeah, that's a good point. We've got a show at Tailgate uh, this month. We got a show at Tailgate. I think the second week of March. And what we'll do is we're, we're kind of figured that. The one at Tailgate will talk a little bit more about what we're talking. Now, we'll just kind of update you on the, the newest information from either uh, pre-spring practice or basketball or even baseball. So the March show, we'll, we'll kind of get into the tournament talk. We thought it was going to be a little bit more. I mean, y'all obviously kind of you know killed anybody's dreams. We saw the CBI. Might be. Yeah, th- there we go. They won't join that. But we, we can do like our own bracket this year, so we can talk about that. And then uh, the April show will definitely be about uh, G-Day. The build-up to G-Day will be, uh, will be up by then. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we will have 93, but we don't really need – there was more yeah. than 93 there. They showed year. that they could get 93. Yeah, I don't I, think they need to do that. I think you were close to like 100. Got to prove it again. Yeah. So that's what we got coming so up. So the for, next show is what date? Uh, the 20th. February 20th. February 20th. We will be live recording. Now, you won't hear it live because we talk about things that happened in the past. That's going to be our new mantra, by the way. It's We're going to say it probably on every show. But if you want to come by February 20th in the evening hours, probably about 5, 6, 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. maybe 4.30, come say hello and you know come say hey to Sean, Chantel. I almost messed it up again. Um, Chantel. It's okay. You you don't have, I mean, Will's not as cussy as he was last week. So, Oh, I had, I missed one too. Yes, you did. Because I was playing, I was playing it to my boys and. Oh, $5 yeah, word. Yeah. And they called me out on that. I do um, like that word cussy. Cussy. By the way. That's just. So that just the only know, other things I have on my notes. State of the world. It's I would like to. Terrifying. I would like to give a congratulations to Boss Andrews and Malcolm Mitchell. For winning Super it's Bowl only rings. fair. It's only fair. And Mitchell was a huge part down the stretch. Six, yeah, second half. Six catches, 70 yards. Yeah. Right. Huge uh, catches in the second Huge half. catches. Huge conversions. And uh, David Andrews touched the ball every uh, play. And has Tom, <laughs> as, as my wife said, he plays center. So Tom Brady has his hands on his butt the entire You know, she yeah. didn't even realize that. Right. Um, so right. I'd like to congratulate both of them. Why else does anyone play center? Right. I would also like to congratulate Terrell Davis. Yes. Hall, brand Hall new Hall of Famer. Long, Long Beach State's favorite player. Did he transfer there or did he transfer from, from there? From there. From there. Long Beach State. That was, that, that was the thing. If, if you remember uh, when he was in the Super Bowl for Denver, he said Long Beach State. Because, did he really? Yo, yes, he did. But, but he was quoted today in some articles saying that if it weren't for Georgie, he wouldn't be where he is now. Right. But, you know. Wait, why? Right. I, I did not know this. He, did not, he didn't like Ray Goff. Period. Full stop. <laughs> Man, well, now he's in. The, we can talk about the offline, but that's the, why. Now he's in. The no, talk about now. <laughs> he just didn't like Ray Goff. I mean, he didn't like the way he was utilized as a college player after he transferred. No. Yeah. Well, and whatever happened to him anyway? Right, that guy. Right. 
And uh, the best last... football player ever with braces, by the way. I don't think there's any question. <laughs> the best NFL player ever with braces. Is he the best Shannon number? Sharp, uh, is, Sharp has is he the braces. best? He wore number thirty, right? He wore thirty-three at Georgia. He wore thirty. At thirty for Denver. Denver. Is he the best thirty-three Georgia's ever had? Uh, sure. He's probably the, one of the best third number thirties that any anybody's seen in the NFL. But yeah, then Jack, no, Jack Youngblood didn't wear thirty. No, he's a he's come a on, pull out a thirty. What's the, what's the okay? That's gonna we got rapid fire coming up. Uh-oh. Oh, um, good. Yeah, I'd miss. Don't that. give me uniform numbers. That I never. Okay, know so numbers. um, other than that, we um we did have one iTunes review. Usually I do these at the end, but I wanted to share this with y'all. I don't know if y'all have seen them. I think I texted it to you, but I still wanted to. It's safe to assume I haven't seen an iTunes review. Well, we got our 50th iTunes review. All right. Thank you. Our 49th iTunes review was the one that we referenced last week, where it was the one-star review, talking about the spoiler alert much. I think that got me some cussy. Got me yeah, cussy. yeah, it got Will a little cussy. And so our 50th podcast review was a five-star. Thank you. It came from this guy, 890, and he says, best flag football analysis around <laughs> which I, I appreciate yeah. he says great podcast even if you only cover sporting events that happened in the past <laughs> yeah, <seriously>. <laughs> <laughs> that's somebody who gets it yes you know is- so si list terrell davis terrell davis is the best number 30 in nfl oh there we go oh, all right. nice. good call. that was a good, good pull call. that was a good pull right yeah, so so that'll get us into thanks uh, todd yeah that'll get us into rapid fire all right to end the show because we're uh, the 56th minute and I would like to be done by one hour. Um, so, Will, Tony, name the greatest. Basically, we saw one of the greatest comebacks ever. I want you to name the greatest comeback you've ever seen. And it can be either live or on TV. What's the greatest sports comeback you've ever seen? I'm going to have to go personal here. To me, the 2011 World Series. It's for a team to be down to the last strike in consecutive and innings. And what, what teams? The Saint Louis, my St. Louis Cardinals and the Texas Rangers. That's right. I had a debate with many people arguing what was what the Falcons went through worse than what the Rangers went through. I think ultimately it was. Uh, but that's a good analogy. But the, the to be that close. Similarly, also I never won a World Series, just like the Falcons never won right. a Super Bowl. Uh, to be one strike away from winning a world championship and not winning it is particularly cruel. Cause one strike is nothing. One strike is a bad call. One strike is zilch. Like where strikes strikes are the currency of baseball. And so the, the idea to be one strike on multiple occasions from your franchise's one world series and for the Cardinals to come back that way. I would say that one. It's not no, like, it's not like the, <clears throat> the uh, Frank Reich game. Where it's like, like, yeah, yeah. larger wise, but I feel like the thing that was, or this game, frankly, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this game yeah. may right. also be that one. Yeah, I mean, my my first thought is to say the two thousand uh, Citrus Bowl, Georgia, Purdue, Outback, uh, Outback Bowl. Um, look at that, he wrote it down. Uh, it was twenty five point. It was uh, another twenty five well. point deficit. Um, and there was a, I want to say there was a Braves game in ninety one. Where Otis Nixon made a catch against Cincinnati on the wall in like mm-hmm. the sixth inning. I was there. Uh, were you that? that I was. At, was it? I know. I was at a game where Otis Nixon went over the wall. Catch. But they yeah. were. I mean, the Braves were down like eight to nothing. If in you're going to bring up best comebacks to the Braves, it's got to be the Sid Bream slide because they were down three runs in the bottom of the ninth. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's right. I, I didn't think about that. I, I was. I'm lo- what gets lost in that is they were down by three. They runs. were down by three, and Terry Pendleton uh, started right. off. And you know. right, I didn't think about that. The game I'm thinking of, they were down by eight runs. And the fact that about, it was Barry Bonds and, that threw that ball, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would have been. He, you'd think he'd have a better arm than it. Maybe that was before his. It's uh, for the roids. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, look, I got to say. Yeah, I, I, I hear roids. I, I, my brow furrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I'm specifically baited Will there. Um, I, you know, it's hard to argue, even though my team was on the losing side of it with the Super Bowl. And it was, yeah, it, it literally was, was 10 minutes. It was crazy. Right? It was. I, mean, I, have, I, I I just I can't let it pass without talking about Illinois was down by 15 points against Arizona in the final four year with at the three at the four minute three yeah, minute timeout yeah they were down by 15 at three minute timeout I mean even even last Illinois. year the, it made Bill um, Murray very happy right the Texas A and M oh yeah that crazy game. against yeah, yeah, Northern yeah. Iowa right yeah, yeah. I mean that was a 10, 10 yeah. points and ten points in less than a minute yeah. so yeah that was a crazy game all right yeah. next. all right uh, the team and the year that will get UGA or Atlanta a championship. I would argue I I I will give you the the team. Okay. Uh, the team I think is the Georgia football team. Okay. I do I honestly do believe even just like regardless of the fact that this is a Georgia football podcast, it's hard to argue that they're not the team that has the most set up for them moving forward. Uh I would I, in fact if anything I would put the Braves uh on a parallel with the Falcons on that. If and as I say the Falcons don't do it next year, it's not happening at least under this regime, whereas the Braves are clearly building something that is going to be very good. I, I I feel you, Tony. I feel you. I am so conditioned not to say anything like exuberant about it, but I, I think I agree with Will that it, it's Georgia football. I will say that there's a possibility, possibility, I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's a possibility that 2018 through 20 could bring a Georgia national championship, a Super Bowl, and a World Series championship to Atlanta and Georgia. I mean, that. The, I mean, uh, you, your Boston run. You get your right, Boston no, no, run. right. I mean, do you, yeah. is and, look. You're the you're the one that follows these things. Is right. that wrong? I think that certainly there's a good. Eighteen's the last coming. year, probably the last year. The Falcons I are going to be in maybe nineteen. In nineteen, but yeah. But I would think the Falcons window will shut much fat quicker than, than the Braves. The Braves. Yeah, I, I was going to say the Falcons next year. I mean, there's no. Right, There's no that, part that, about that team, team that they couldn't my, be my, my argument against the Falcons next year would be, A, you're losing Shanahan. I know everybody loves sure. who on Shanahan yes. right now, mm-hmm. but he had something rocking this year. And not Sir Keaton's a dumb guy, but it's a different, just a different vibe going the, on. Two new coordinators. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers are not going to fall off a cliff like they did next, like, like they did last year. That's no. a good team. This guy, that's, that's good. That was came on by the end of the, at the end of the year. And that They're little team in Dallas. And it's all, and mm. Dallas has all those young talent. Falcons also, play Dallas next year. It's super hard to make a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's super, super yeah, hard. Look what to happened to the Broncos and yeah. the Panthers this year. Like, it's just that that's the thing, not just to rub the, a little bit more salt in the wound yeah. on this, but it's so, so hard to get the Super Bowl. Look, if, if you're taking Georgia out of the equation, unless that, that lets me be a little more objective between the Falcons and the Braves, I'm going to say the Braves. I was yeah. looking, actually, today, strangely enough, I was looking at. Uh, one of the websites, uh, the baseball money website that that lists all the contracts. Oh yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, I can't cuts, baseball cuts. Cuts. That's right. Um, they've got a lot of young talent tied oh, up through twenty one yeah. and twenty two, and they have the best farm system coming up. And like, they have the best is, farm system. I mean, they, they're doing good stuff. And they only have they only have four guys next year that make more than ten million dollars, yeah. and they're probably will probably have what the second or third lowest payroll in baseball next year. Yeah, and already like the, like for example. It would not shock me to see them try to go early with a Dansby Swanson contract the right. way that Rays right. did with Evan Longoria, right. where like you're like we're building our team around this guy for the next ten years uh, and try to do that now. The Braves, it's exci- like this year is not going to be 
No, it's another it's another seventy. Like, just look at the game. rotation. Yeah. Like the rotation is just a bunch of one year castoffs. Yeah, they're clearly just trying to hold down. Dude, they the got court. Bartolo Colon. They do. They have Jaime Garcia. They have Ari Dickey. They have all of these old. Oh, they can bring it all together. Yeah. But I mean, the top end projection for the Braves this year is seventy five, seventy seven. If they, so, the, the Braves are going to have two guys on their team that are older than you and me. That's correct. I was very excited. not older than me. <laughs> um, they if they sniff five hundred this year, there should be parades. Right, but. If the year after that, if they're under 500, there's a problem. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think 18 to 20. Okay. Um, the top four number one seeds for the NCAA tournament will be? Okay. I'll, uh, okay you want to go first? You, you go one, and then I'll go one. Uh, okay, do, do it that way. Kansas. Yeah. Gonzaga. Ooh, that takes away the one I was going to pick. I'm going to go off the map here. Maryland. Uh, I would say Villanova. And I would argue not Maryland. I would probably argue. Uh, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Maybe. Probably. probably. I think you're, you're looking at, at North Carolina, maybe. Or Duke. Yeah, They're or probably the winner of the North probably Carolina Probably not Duke. I think Duke's lost too many games, but I think North Carolina could be that team. It's well, possible. Duke could trip North Carolina up. Yeah, poor guy. Wow. Poor guy. Poor guy. Um, Ted Cruz. I still think. I still think. I still think that Maryland. was not a political comment, by the way. I still think actually, Maryland. Like that, that was actually really savvy on his part, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Un- uncharacteristically, to be as clear as possible, Ted Cruz <laughs> did own Deadspin, and more to the point, Deadspin's response was super lame. It was and not good. The pro- like, he is he is quite an orator. Like if Deadspin would have just said, "You got it, you got it," you got it uh-huh. and like it would have been fine. Like I don't think his joke was that great. But the problem is Deadspin doubled down on and made a particularly lame joke that was reflective of a once great joke that they did on Donald Trump and just felt like not as funny in that as well. There, there is a poss- There is a world. I, I still think Maryland has a shot at winning the ACC. If they do, I think they. I mean, they they're in the Big Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, you meant Big Ten. I, I did mean the Big Ten. Um, but I, I think there is also an outside shot. We see. A rogue. There's enough wins in the AC, losses in the ACC and Big Ten that um, you end up with a a weird placement number one with uh, some combination of Oregon, Arizona, UCLA. Probably not UCLA at this point, but or Oregon, Arizona. Uh, the la- one last thing on this: Gonzaga is going to be undefeated going yep. into the. They should the be, tournament. and they should be the number one seed. And you know, the big thing with Gonzaga is they never made a Final Four, so no one really believes them, even though they've had some obviously great teams. I the best way for Gonzaga to end all of that would to actually just win the whole damn thing. You're right. right. It's just to, it's to go undefeated going in and then win the championship. That would be that would be an awesome, awesome story. By the way, Will and I know a little bit about college basketball, but listen, I own college basketball. Norlander and Parrish are just all they it. are the best. Matt yeah. Norlander, Gary Parrish, very smart guy. Shout out to Devin Downey. Shout out to Devin Downey. <laughs> I mentioned the Masters earlier in the podcast. Will Tiger ever compete ever again in anything? Because he just pulled out of the Dubai yeah. Championship because of his back. I mean, he's a year. He's like no six months older than me. Um, there's a lot of golfers that actively win tournaments at 42, 45 on the PGA Tour. Has, is it is it gone? Because I can't watch golf like I the way I used to. I think it's gone. I have to say, yeah. I think it's gone. Uh, and and I, I to me, I he's kind of in that. I just hope he finds some happiness in his life. <laughs> yeah. mode, to be honest with you, right? Uh, which is a shame, you know, because obviously, this I don't actually like golf, but everybody, but I mean, I got into the Tiger stuff. Just well, like you played so much did. golf. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm, uh, but uh, I got into the Tiger stuff like everybody else did, and yeah, I think I think that ship has. So, what is the age for the senior tour? I don't 50. actually fifty. Fifty. So I, I will be eligible soon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not. I mean, you know, I mean, 
maybe become the best. Can, can you imagine Tiger Woods being the best senior golfer of all time? I can imagine that. Well, no, here, here's the problem that's with where, Tiger that's playing where he breaks golf. His records. But he's, he's 40. Yeah. The <laughs> problem with Tiger playing golf right now is that his back really is still messed up. Right. And that has a lot to do with how powerful his swing was mm-hmm. when he was younger. I mean, there does there comes a point where your body just wears out. Yeah. Right. And uh, we may have reached that point with Tiger. I mean, that's the thing is that th- like, awesome. Wow. You can hit it. You can do these incredible drives that no one else can do, but there is a price that comes to that. Right. right. All right. Yeah. That was uh, just curious for me. So uh, Super Bowl 52 will be blank versus blank. Oh, wow. I like it. I like that one. Where, where is it this It'll next year? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I'm going to cop out a little bit and say Dallas versus Dallas versus the Raiders. I'm going to say Panthers versus Patriots. You're going to pick the Patriots until they don't get that. I mean, we are officially in full on. Yeah, the team is awesome. That team was really good at the end of the day. They just just got off to a bad start, and Newton is amazing. Which is why I picked the – I couldn't pick the Panthers. I got the Falcons – don't laugh. They, they've no, been, no, there, no, they've no, been no. there before. I pondered it. Versus the Dolphins, because I think Adam Gase is one of the best new coaches yeah. out there. And I think Jarvis Landry and you know everybody else. Who's the quarterback? I can't even, I'm blanking on Tannehill. Tannehill's going to be better. Well, like Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill, right? Yeah, Cameron Wake, everything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be uh, there next year. So that's my pick. And finally, what position will the Braves finish in 2017? And what position will the Cards finish in 2017? I'll take the Braves and say they finish fourth in the East. They uh, they have an outside shot of finishing third. Any, any higher than that's just too high. Yeah, I think it's the, the I don't think they have the upside. And those of you who don't know, Will is a lifelong Cardinals fan. This is going to hurt Car. This is going to hurt his feelings because I have an I have an opinion about this. And if he, if he I would pick the Braves. Uh, I'll do the Braves, then I'll start on the Cardinals. <laughs> um, uh, I think the Braves can finish third this year. I don't think the Marlins are. I think the, if anything. Uh, the Marlins, I would be more worried being passed by the Phillies. I think mm-hmm. that, I think mm-hmm. that there's problems going on there, and so and obviously what happened to Jose Fernandez, uh, Jose Fernandez obviously uh, exacerbated that. So I think the Braves have a shot at third place this year, um, and I think the Cardinals. Uh, the Pakota projection position uh, system came out right, uh, and has the Cardinals at, today, at a 76 win team. By the way, the Braves Ooh. had 70. Yeah, like not far. Yeah, like right with them. So might we need to place a bet on a win loss? I will happily under no circumstances. Under no circumstances. <laughs> give me six bet. games and I'll. That do is it. Insanely low. Uh, Give me six games. I'll do it. <laughs> I think. I think the Cardinals are a. Uh, I. I. I do not think the Cardinals will catch the Cubs. I, no. however, do not think that that is as much of as a total blowout as everybody kind of thinks. I think the Cubs are de- are due. Like teams don't just win a hundred games every year. Like it's nothing. Can the Can the Cards finish second and get a wild card? Yes. Absolutely. And Will they? You get the well you get the wild card and anything can happen. Of course. And I mean the Cardinals, I'll put it this way. The Cardinals had just about everything go wrong last year. Like the team was off from the beginning of the year. They can never get it together. They can never sustain anything. And they missed the playoffs by one game last year. To me, when you've got Reyes in the rotation all year, you've got Fowler top top the lineup, you've got an improved defense, and you've kind of kept your powder dry to where if there's a midseason move for a power bat, they actually have a place to put them at one of the corners or one of the outfield corners. I think it's a I think it's I think it's not only a wild card team, I think it's a wild card team. Start two and twenty and trade for middle relievers all season. Talk to me about keeping your powder dry. <laughs> That's fair, fair. So, so bonus question, who wins the world baseball classic? What's what country? 
<laughs> I think the Dominion. And, and this Curacao. is if, if y'all yeah. knew that that was happening. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, World Baseball. I think World Baseball Classic is awesome because it's not like it's not the best sporting event in the world. It's just this free, awesome thing that happens in March once every four the years. The U.S. plays like <laughs> Dominican Republic to start. They play Colombia. They start with uh, they start with uh, same thing. Yeah, and. Um, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's, Damn, that's, that's, that's very Bernard Langer Trump of you. Wow. Uh, oh, but, here we go. Um, nice, nice. They just uh, looked like sessions. people that weren't. Able I didn't to vote. say that. I'm I know. About the that's flag. what I'm talking about. The president <laughs> of the United States said. Um, but anyway, so bad, very bad. I hear bad. I hear these things. He hears bad things. Yeah, because <laughs> he's a, why can't he vote? Well, he's a German citizen. <sighs> anyway, um, so thanks for starting him. I just I'm I didn't just know I did flabbergasted. Uh, anyway, so I think uh, it's never the U.S. The U.S. never wins. The U.S. never wins because um, they don't care about it as much as the yeah. frankly the Latin American countries. I blame do. Ben McDonald. Yeah, I think just, I think one of the Asian countries will win. They're do yeah. I think I uh, I like if I had to make a prediction, the minute I would predict the Dominican Republic. They are due. They have they've won a while and they have the most talent and they desperately always want to win really bad. I want to see the Netherlands or Italy win it. The Netherlands. Israel. Israel's got a team this year. Netherlands really? Antilles. Yeah, Israel's got a team this year. It's very fun to why I love the Australian team because uh, the best thing about the Australian team uh, and mm-hmm. the Canadian team. Eric Gagne is pitching for the Canadian team this year. Again? Eric Gagne is on the Canadian team this year. Well, maybe maybe the bring Americans that, can get like a Norm Charlton or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Americans have like actual pl- active players. Oh, okay. But like the Canadians, like they need like, remember Mike Piazza, after he retired, played for Italy? Uh, I did not know of, that. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, why not? So that's one of the things I love at the World Baseball he, Classic. Does he have dual citizenship or is it just his name? Ah, I, it's, 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 there's an eligibility. No, it's not. Well, I mean, he is, he, He's from Brooklyn. Yeah, they can't just yeah, <laughs> they can't just say, your name sounds Italian. You can play for Italy. But like, I think his I think his parents, uh, I think his, his uncle is an immigrant <laughs> from Italy. So. God. It counts, man. It's like the Olympics. I could God, play for I Ireland, it. couldn't I? You could. That's not my glove. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ireland's baseball has gotten that. All much. right, well, well, it, the, the only damn, he just threw all kinds of shade at me. <laughs> wow, uh, I'm sorry if your response to Ireland has a team is wait, do I still have my glove? I don't think that's throwing shade at you. I'm here licking my wounds, describing. It's not like I'm saying, oh, you're just a terrible player, a terrible person. You had to don't know where your Look, glove. I is. had an extraordinary quick release for a second baseman. Okay. <laughs> Well, we have finished our uh, Sam's uh, assorted nuts. We have dented the Buffalo Trace and Will's out of uh, Diet Coke mixers. So I think that'll do it for our podcast this week. Yeah. So uh, as we always end this, uh, I'll let Tony and Will lead us out with the with the hearty go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. And as you heard in our episode, we recently received our 50th iTunes review, with 49 of them being five-star reviews. That's amazing. The three of us greatly appreciate your thoughts and feedback. It takes a lot of time and preparation to record this podcast, so I think I can speak for Will and Tony in saying thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, Please check us out on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram if you're into social media platforms. And our handle across all those platforms is at WSLSpodcast. Like we mentioned in this episode, our next show will be recorded at Tailgate, Georgia. Uh, It's on February 20th, so if you're in or around Athens and want to stop by and say hello, 
you can meet up with us there and buy some cool shirts and gear for uh, Georgia. They have some really awesome stuff. I'm rambling, but it's where the old Harry Bissett's and Nona restaurants used to be in downtown. It's right there on Broad Street. You really can't miss it. So until then, we'll just make this short and sweet. Go dogs. We'll see you on campus. Have a great week.